You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, I have to say it's not... It's great to get back on air again with you, Shannon, but it also is one of those that it's not quite the same back on the screens again. I know. It feels so different. <laughs> After four shows of front that were record, recorded live from the getaway, um, this is just a different feeling. So, But I miss being in the same room with our audience. Absolutely. It's not just about being in the same room with you, Corey. Well, no offense. No, 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 I, I loved having the audience there. No offense taken at all on that. It's just recognizing that we have some of the best listeners in the world and so it was a fantastic time to spend with them for four days yeah. and so if you're uh if you missed it i'm sorry that we didn't get to see you there but we we are in the works for sexy marriage radio getaway 2017 yeah so we'll nail down details as fast as we can and yeah and i wonder if there are other listeners who uh, agree with, we've gotten a few emails asking, are you ever going to have it at any other, in any other city in, besides just Dallas? And we're, we're contemplating, we're yep. batting that idea around because yep. we realize that it can be a logistical challenge to get all the way down in, in the south, south part of the world. Yep. So we're entertaining the thoughts. So shoot us an email with your thoughts. If you have a particular idea that you think would be centrally located for lots of people right, right, to get you. That's the key. Right. Don't say Jamaica, because we're not going <laughs> to... <laughs> I love Jamaica, but I love Jamaica it makes too. it a little harder of a trip for a lot of people. But this is Sexy Marriage Radio, and, and we are glad that you take time out of your day every week to invite us into your home and into your bedroom, where we are talking straightforward about sex, love, marriage, intimacy, the goods, the bads, what works, what doesn't, and all that, that involves. So... If, if if you want to give us some feedback, if you want to give us some thoughts, if you've got questions, if you want to answer qu- Shannon's questions that she just asked about locations, you can let us know at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And all of those emails are read. A lot of them become shows, which is where some of what we're coming from today because I'm going to go straight from our inbox there where we had somebody that emailed based on something that we had said from one of the live shows that we did that he tried new things with his wife and it all revolved around skinny dipping and yeah he particularly does not have they don't have a pool but he lives he lives in the south and he knows not everyone can be Corey allen well okay but he he lives in the south and so he figured out he knows a way to create what he he terms a redneck pool which all that (laughs) All that means is a pickup truck and a tarp and water, and the bed <laughs> is this of the your truck guy. Is the, this the same guy? No, it's not the same guy. Ways to make love to his wife in a pickup truck. No, it's not the same guy. But he talked about how he was able to surprise his wife, who had never skinny dipped, after one of their walks that they do every evening. They live on a lot of land. He just Aww. stripped down, climbed into the pool, and she joined him. And it was a fantastic experience, just a glass what of wine outside, in the, you know, under the moonlight. And to top it all off, they even mentioned they were listening to Sexy Marriage Radio while sitting in their pool. So <laughs> <laughs> Glad we could be the poolside entertainment. That's so awesome. <laughs> I'm not 
so sure that that speaks very highly of them that we're the best they can do sitting naked in a swimming pool <laughs> oh no no that does speak that speaks <laughs> compl- that speaks very very well of us um but it is one of those things that it, it brings up a great a great topic because this is one of those things where think of all of the different experiences we have in marriage whether it be you got a chance to go to the sexy marriage radio getaway or you just had a retreat or you had a fantastic vacation or one of the things I'm, I love to do, especially right before busy seasons with tax season with my wife, is I steal her away for a weekend, just she and I, and we go to some cabin or someplace where it's just the two of us for two or three days. And those are you know, kind of like the mountaintop experiences. Those are the highs in the sense of that's kind of what gives us a lot of fuel. But what do you do after life creeps back in? Right. Because right. It's, it's common to us all, isn't it? It is. And it reminds me of, you know, as a youth pastor, I used to direct summer camps and we would always have to forewarn the kids on the last yep. day that, look, we realize that you've had this mountaintop experience with Jesus and you're going to go back home and you're going to, in two weeks, wonder how did you get back down into the valley again? Yep. And we would remind them that it's in the valley where the manure gathers and it's where the manure gathers that the most growth happens and that life is not intended to be one mountaintop experience after another, after another. Right. And we have to remember that in marriage too, but it would be nice to extend those mountaintop seasons and, and kind of milk them for all we can. Okay. So how let's, let's, let's give some ideas because this is one of those things that what you're talking about when you're talking in the spiritual context, the mountaintop experience is, is kind of a spiritual high. It's a euphoric kind of a thing. Marriage has those moments, but I'm a big believer that married life is not really about thoughts and feelings. Married life is about decisions and actions. Right. So how do we carry forward some of those things with the way we act or the decisions we make, knowing we cannot sustain the feelings that go with these kinds of things? Just because you can't. I've had the opposite thing kind of happen with a, with a couple I've worked with that— they, you know, some revelations were uncovered and they both took time off work. You know, it was one of those, they kind of realized, wait, this is, this could, this is heading towards disaster. So they both, they both basically took a month off of work and and just did some intensive, we are focusing on our marriage. They came and saw me several days during that time. They got away together. They got kids shipped off at times so that they could just really devote energy to we need to course correct. And, wow. as, and, it, and it set them on a path that's just been fantastic because they still kind of come in for checkups every so often. But they also have been very uh, self-aware of we can't sustain the amount of emotional energy we're investing in this indefinitely. Right. So right. we need to prepare for the creep that's going to come back in. Sure. And so it's, it's, it, it can be both sides. It can be where you've, you've got the big boost because of something really negative, and you're like, okay, wait, we've got a whole new footing. I like this. How do we maintain it? Or we got one of those things were really good. Now we just tasted something better. Now how do we can, you know, can keep it going? Right. And, and we have to keep in mind that this, ha- this can happen emotionally. It can happen spiritually. It can happen sexually. Uh, there's just a wide variety of ways that, you know, I mean, attacks come from all directions. Right. And, and you're right. We have to prepare for when that is coming. I'm going to, I'm going to um, give away that line that every counselor under the sun always uses at some point in marriage therapy. And that's 
what made you fall in love with this person in the first place type of a thing, like going back to the beginning of how it all started. Okay. Obviously you saw something in that person okay. that, that rocked your face off, that made you feel connected and secure, that made you have huge levels of optimism for the future that made you maybe even want to get naked with them. I mean, like you saw something mm -hmm. that's probably still there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the other things that creep in and kind of cloud that and to pull that veil back and remind yourself of why you got in this in the first place mm -hmm. can be a huge step toward reestablishing. Oh yeah. That's why I fell in love with that person. And they're still the same person. How cool is that? You know, it, it's a starting place to climb that mountain once again. Yeah. That's good. So, so that's one thing is just how to maintain a, a different connection in the sense of how do we remember what we've done? Remember who we are. We remember who we're becoming. Remember how the story started. Okay. There you go. You know, that is just always so important that, that we have to look at our life and our relationships in terms of chapters of, okay, in chapter one, this is how it started. And then you can kind of trace how you got to where you are, but then how do you bring it back around full circle to where it has that dun, 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 happily ever <laughs> after, you know, ending that right. it's vital to remember how it started in the first place. Yes. Um, but I think that a, another step is, um, I, don't, I just never think, I, I don't think that a couple can ever underestimate the power of praying together. Mm -hmm. and, and being skin to skin while you are praying, even if it's just holding hands, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about sexual yet, but I'm going to get there. Right. <laughs> um, but even just holding each other's hands and lifting each other up in prayer and humbly confessing your own lack of energy for the relationship to God and hearing your spouse, you know, affirm them in the presence of God. Like I know that in the past when Greg has been thankful to God for certain attributes or things that I have brought to the table. It, it does, it has a heart melting effect. And I think that when two people come together in prayer, in the presence of God, there is a softening that takes place that mm -hmm. takes the edge off of whatever sharpness there has, you know, whatever sharpness has transpired for lack of a better expression. Sure. sure. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a spiritual approach. Mm -hmm. I also think that carving out that quality time and not just for counseling. I mean, I think that it's great when a couple carves out time for counseling, but let's be real. Counseling is hard. Yeah. It, I mean, to unpack your baggage and to sift through the, and do the soul work that is required, you have to come up for air once in a while. Yeah. And I think just to go out to dinner, just to take that walk, just to build that swimming pool in the back of a pickup truck, just, just to do something yeah. lighthearted where you enjoy being friends again. Yeah. Um, Cause there is, a, there is an element of friendship that has to be involved that sustains us through the times when we don't really like each other. Because if you think about it, we've had friendship relationships that have stood the test of all kinds of time and, and we don't hold it personal or we don't, you know, it's, there's a, there's a level of, okay, I understand that there's going to be times where we're not going to agree or we're not going to want to do the same kind of thing. Well, that same stuff needs to apply to marriage. Yeah. So it's recognizing that how do we maintain an aspect of that so that we know, okay, this is an element of, I still enjoy life with you. I still enjoy some of these different things that we do where I see what we do well together, because I don't know about you, but the couples I've seen, a majority of them 
a vast majority of them, they do life well together. They run a house well together. They raise, they raise kids well together. It's the other areas that are causing trouble. It's the intimacy. It's the, it's the, it's the depth of conversation or the depth of connections or the, I don't love you anymore, but I like life with you. Kind or the of lack stuff. of sexual interest right. or the right. It, I totally agree. Sometimes it's, it's easy to manage a household or raise children or manage finances or run a business together compared to being married to each other. Well, and you know why? Why? Because raising kids and running a household, you're doing stuff. It's not, a, it's, that's devoid of feeling. It's task oriented. A lot of time. Yeah. It's one of those, because part of being an adult is we can do things separate from our feelings. You know, that's, yeah. that's a marker of adulthood that, right. you know, I, maturity. yeah, I hear kid, I hear a kid back in there throwing all kinds of a fit. I don't want to go in there. <laughs> you know, my feelings aren't, Oh yes, I'm excited to go take care of this. It's this whole, <laughs> no, but I go do it. You know, I don't want to unload the dishwasher. I don't love it, but I do it. Actually, I don't now. I give it to my kids, but it's it's still, it's just it's, it's just enjoy right. that while that works, right? But it's just recognizing that that's part that's a marker of adulthood. Is I don't have to do things just based on how I feel. I can do things separate from that, and if I can apply aspects of that to my marriage, where it is that element of I'm going to carve out some time every night or once a week or once a month, whatever it might be that I'm devoting to no distractions, just marriage, where maybe we just sit and watch a movie together because now I'm starting to create possibilities for other connections, mm -hmm. other feelings to resurface or be born of yeah. friendship, of fun, of novelty, of, of it, curiosity, that kind yeah. of stuff. And that, that helps sustain us through the tough times. Right. And it warms you up for what I'm going to suggest next. I think that one of the biggest complaints that I hear from wives is that their husbands expect sex with no emotional connection first. Okay. That he just wants to go straight to the good stuff without warming her up. And so mm -hmm. you're right. Even just watching a movie together, taking a walk together, having an, a face-to-face, eye-to-eye, voice-to-voice conversation where you just want to know how she is. Where, where you're not just trying to get in her pants, you're trying to get in her heart. Because right. I promise you, if you will, if you will court her heart, she will give you her body on a silver platter. Okay. But if you're going straight for her body and you're noticing that she's resistant, chances are she just doesn't feel wooed and pursued yet. Okay. Um, so yes, treating that like any other friendship. You don't just call a friend and be like, hey, can you come help me move? And then the, the next week you're like, hey, can you do my taxes for me? And then the next week you're like, hey, do this, do that eventually your friend's going to feel like all you ever do is ask me to do stuff. You know, they're yeah, going to feel put upon. I'm being taken advantage of in this whole thing. Yes. And doesn't that describe how many spouses feel of, mm -hmm. I, I've heard many women say it of, I'm just your maid and your cook and your nanny and your pro your free prostitute that you don't have to pay, but there's not that bond and that right. emotional connection. So for, for men, especially to understand that you got to go through your heart first but then I, on the flip side of that, though, ladies, sometimes you really do, do just need to get over it and get naked because that skin to skin really does create that oxytocin flow that will <laughs> keep going. <laughs> no, it's a, a neighbor kid just came over. Sorry. <laughs> Ding dong. Um, anyway, the oxytocin flow will often be what it takes to melt the ice. 
Yeah. You just cannot underestimate the power of that oxytocin flow, but it's not going to flow naturally. You, you can't just wave a magic wand over your brain and have it release oxytocin. You have to be skin to skin. So at some point, you're going to have to either let him hold you or ask him to hold you. At some point, you're going to have to hold his hand. At some point, you're going to have to give him a back rub or let him give you a back rub or something okay. to start melting that ice. Okay. And so what, what you're talking about there and describing is what we just talked about a few minutes ago of this is adult behavior that's not based on feeling. Yes. Because the, 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 the struggle and the conflict that comes from when we have these mountaintop experiences or you have this vacation and it's just easier to connect because you're in a better place, you're feeling your guard is down because you're, you're focused on each other. You've been looking forward to this time. It's relaxation. It's, you know, it's all these different things that make the, you know, make all of this environment possible. When you get back into life and you've got times where it just doesn't flow as easy and it's not as quote unquote natural, you have to still kind of convince you, not convince yourself. You have to just basically make Work the move. Up. Yeah. You have to make yourself move over. It, it starts feeling more like work. Okay. Which kind of goes along with our analogy of it starts feeling like you're climbing up a mountain versus sitting on top of a mountain. Okay. Okay. Well, you don't get to sit on top of the mountain until you've climbed it. Sure. It's going to be work. Sure. And if you relax for too long, you're going to slide back down into that valley and then wonder how the heck you got there. And if you're wanting to know how to get to that next mountaintop, the answer is in the climb. Okay. It's in the climb. Um, so yeah, I, I want to clarify something that I just said though, Corey, because I have learned through the years of coaching that I have to be careful about pushing women to have sex with their husbands when they don't feel emotionally bonded. So I'm not saying ignore your feelings and just have sex with them, even though it's devoid of, uh, yeah. of that bond or connection. I'm simply saying that at some point, and I think that us wives, we know, I think that at some point we go around the mountain and then we hear that voice inside of our head saying, okay, that's enough. Shut your mouth, give him a break. And, and we need to listen to those voices. Okay. And if those voices aren't there yet, if you're really feeling as if there's no way he deserves sex, I am not saying have sex with him anyway, because you're going to become a hollow shell of a person right. if you force yourself that way. But I do think that there comes a point in time in every argument when there is a voice inside your head, it's a voice of reason that says, okay, that's enough. Cut him some slack now. Right. You know, yeah, well, and, and I, if nothing else, it's the whole. I, I would challenge you just to have that voice to listen to. Of, have I made my point? Because <laughs> it's like when, when we get into an argument, we, we all of a sudden hit this mode where we think our partner is stupid. Like they don't, they don't know what I'm saying. Like oh, I need to remind them what I just told them three seconds ago. Uh, really? Yeah, like do I don't understand the English language. Right. It's like, well, at what point did I marry an idiot? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and there could be times where I think that just because it's like, really? But that's a different that's a different show but or we assume that they don't care about my feelings because they're not listening but maybe they really did hear you yeah. you know what is the litmus test for that um but yeah asking yourself is this a hill that i need to die on yeah or yeah. can i trust that my point has been made and at what point do you start using positive reinforcement okay now that you've listened to me and now that I feel as if hopefully we have some hope that we can climb this mountain together, or we have some energy to do that. When do you reward them with the connection, with the affection, with the 
you know, whatever it is that they're needing from you in that moment. Okay. I think that there's, you, you get a lot more with honey than with vinegar. Okay. And, and the beating each other over the head and grabbing and complaining about what you don't have is only going to get you so far, but reinforcing what you do get out of them that does make you feel connected. I just think that that's a far more positive approach. Okay. It's going to reap a lot more benefits. Okay. And I, I'm going to just put this out there because this is a great marker, I think, for what we can talk about for next week. Yeah. And it is some of that because I'm I'm hearing you talk and I've got bells going off in my head as I I'm not completely agreeing with that. Okay. We well, can play devil's advocate <laughs> because, next week. <laughs> well, it, no, it's mainly just because it's the idea of when I'm dealing with a system of people, there's an element of I can I don't know, a lot of the marriage books want to propose you know, let, let's take this in from, from a communication standpoint that one of the the most elementary things I've ever come across with communication, and I can't believe it's taught in marriage stuff, is that I get 30 seconds to share. You then reflect back what you heard from me. I tell you if you got it right or not. Then you get a chance to respond. That is so – that is not the playing field of marriage. Mm. You know, it's just not. I'm sorry. When emotion gets involved, all that crap is gone. And, right. I, and all I care about is getting my point across and convincing you I'm right. And if you don't b believe with me, then what's wrong with you? It's not me, obviously. You know, so it's just it's just recognizing that my goal isn't that you understand me. My goal is that you that you I am clear about what I think and what I want and what I'm seeking. Okay. Because I have the belief that there are times where my, I mean. My own marriage, for example, and I, I'm I, what I know about you in just the two years we've done, Shannon. I know this plays out in your life too. Of we are not married to stupid people. They know right. exactly what I want, what I like. But what happens when they don't care? They don't want to give it to me. They're not interested, and that's a whole <laughs> different level of stuff. That that's what marriage life, married life, really is. I mean, you're you're going to have a lot more unpacking of that to do next week. Okay. Well then tune in right. next week. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Right. I'm just saying that's an awesome prelude for you're right. Well, we do need to go much well, deeper well, with tune, that. Tune in next week. Cause that's what we're going to talk sounds, about. That sounds like a put on your big boy boxers and your big girl panties. Yeah, kind of show that's even, that's an even simplification of it, but it's, it's just recognizing that. Yes. I like the idea of, okay, I want my, I want my, my wife to understand me. I want my wife to hear me. I want them to know what I'm looking for in my life. But what do I do when they, when it still doesn't change anything? Yeah. Because that's what, that's part of what makes the problem with this whole, the mountaintop. We do hear each other. We do understand each other. And it's real give and take because we're just both on that level. But when right. we get I was home, say, I think that what makes the mountaintop is that you both feel as if you're getting your needs met simultaneously. Right. But when we get home, now all of a sudden there's distractions. There's other things pulling at us. There's other things that are of priority. I mean, that's the whole – think of the – I don't know. I, I did a video that I had animated for this whole little lesson in one of the courses I created years ago on uh, husband and wife had this great getaway, all kinds of time, really bonded. And then on Sunday morning, he wakes up, and he's immediately thinking of logistics of what it's going to take to get home. She senses he's already on his computer. He's checking some things, and she's in world. And, and she's immediately this whole this whole weekend is ruined, <laughs> catastrophizing. Right, and it's like, hold on. So how do we realize that when life creeps back in? And this is the this is the to this is what I would offer to people of how do you 
maintain it. And, and this is, this is going to seem paradoxical. <laughs> but the way you maintain the mountaintop high is you don't take your partner's responses or lack thereof personal. When you Say had, again. when Say you, again. I, I'm going to re, I'm going to come at it a different way. When you had the mountaintop experience, everything they did was personal, just because it was so into you and it was so into the experience. When we get back home, and all of a sudden now they're pulled in a lot of other directions because of work, housework, kids, bills, finances, in-laws, all the different things that come along. We all of a sudden now take that personal as, oh, I'm not as important to you, and it's like, right. really? No, it's not that simple. And what you're describing is the lens through which we look. Yeah. It's when we're on a mountaintop together, we're looking at each other through a lens of you accept me, you love me, you appreciate me, you find me attractive, desirable, et cetera, et cetera. But when real life sets back in, it's easy for that lens to change and for you to look at it through a lens of rejection. Right. Of why are you already on your computer? Why are you, why did you forget to? to get the things that I wanted you to get at the grocery store. You just look at it as you're rejecting me. You're rejecting me. When in reality is they're just a human being and they forget some things or they get distracted or they have other things on their mind. And it reminds <laughs> me of that, Go ahead. Uh, of that quote from Nicole Johnson with women of faith, um, where she did this video with her husband a long, long time ago, uh, where he says the most important thing that we have to forgive our spouse for is not being us. Okay. Not thinking like us, That's not good. feeling like us, not doing the same things that we would do, the same ways that we would do them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you, I think that it really, if I were to wrap up this show with one thought, it would be um, that you have to act your way into a new way of feeling. That's okay. the bottom line. If you want okay. the mountaintop experiences, yes, it is going to require work. And you're going to have to act your way into that new way of feeling. It is not fairy dust. It does not fall from the sky. You, okay. you the, the, the way that you got to the mountaintop, kind of like going back to our listeners who were so awesome. I mean, some of them flew. I think there were people there from Washington State, mm-hmm. from Chicago, from, from Wisconsin, all over. from yep. Delaware, all over the states. from it was awesome. Canada. Yeah. I mean, they were very intentional about booking their spot, about reserving their flights, about you know, making arrangements at the hotel. Uh, some husbands, and I think some wives too, probably did some really special things behind the scenes mm-hmm. to communicate to their spouse. They really wanted to be there. Like they were very intentional and it doesn't have to be this big and monumental every stinking time, but they worked at it. It yeah. didn't feel like work. Hopefully it felt like play. It felt like, you know, fun planning all this. But my, my point is they worked to climb that mountain to enjoy that mountaintop view together. Okay. But even if it felt like work, working at yeah, it. but even if it felt like work, who cares? It's worth it. Right. It, well, and <laughs> in, in, in reality, when did work become a bad right. thing? Historically, okay. work has been a good thing. It, so it's, I've, I've got to put in there the statement because as, as productivity, as I was listening to you at the end there, Shannon, um, and it, it, the, the thing that comes to the, the phrase that keeps just coming to my head, and this goes back to my statement of we got to work on not taking things so personal, mm-hmm. is it's a humbling experience to come to grips with the fact that I'm not as important to my partner as I'd like to think I am. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> well, but it, because we want to operate like I am the center. I'll, I'll personalize this. If, mm-hmm. I want to operate like I am the center of Pam's universe, that I am the most important person in her entire life. And while there could be elements of truth to that, the most important person in her life is her. 
Hmm. Because she is responsible for her. And I'm taking spiritual. Did I hear her shout, yeah, in the background? No, you might have. She's talking to kids, though. But she's, I'm taking the spiritual concept out of this. And and not, you know, so those of you that are, are, on the same bent as us and believers in God, that's a, that's an element that's obviously priority and paramount. Sure. I'm just talking about on human relationship terms, the relationship we have with ourself is very, very important. And so when I recognize that I'm not as important as I'd like to think I am to people, I need to, it's kind of a, a I need to have a level set of, so why am I taking this so personal? Shouldn't they also be looking out for what they're interested in as well? I mean, because another marker of growing up in marriage is that I grow to where I want for my wife what she wants for herself. Yeah. And vice versa. Well, and it's kind of like that oxygen mask theory. She has to yes. take care of herself before she can take care of you. Yeah. And the reality is we have to take care of ourselves or else we're going to suck the life out of our partner. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's, but that's the element of marriage. That's, that's the whole playing field of it that we have to recognize that mountaintop experiences, these highs, these great euphoric times, you know, ride it as long as you can. Absolutely. I'm not saying don't, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it for as long as you can because it's, those are great things that help you when you're in the valley that you realize, oh, yeah, I remember we just had that and we just had this. And, so enjoy it, but also recognize what got you there like you're talking about is the work, the intentionality, the effort, the desire, the interest, all of those things. But then it's also recognizing it's part of the ebb and flow of life is we do have yes. these times. So how do I do, you know, make decisions according to what's best, not necessarily just what I feel. Right. Amen. Yeah. Preach it, Corey Allen. Well, it's just, I don't know, because... <laughs> You know, if you and I could figure out a way to create the euphoric pill of, of yeah, marriage, bottle it and sell it, we'd we, be rich. We would own island after island after island, and then the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway would be free. So. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. We could have the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway on our own island. Yeah. Well, th- until then, thank you for taking time out to listen to us. We'll see you next time. We love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.